0: live over there are you in santa fe no i I used to be i'm I'm in santa rosa now yeah oh california yeah california yes
1: north 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 of us (laughs) yes are you in southern california yeah we're um i'm in san marcos uh which is north san diego north county oh okay okay yeah yeah
0: yep north 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 of you
1: Yay. Well, there we are. We are live inside the group. Um, if you're coming, say hello. And I'm going to start recording us on our Zoom. Let's see. Here we go. Little techie things here and there. <laughs> I like your backdrop too. Thank you. It's a band
0: goes starry night, and the the irises are on the other side.
1: Oh, cool! That's there. awesome. I haven't seen a good one like that. <laughs> yeah, it makes me happy. And I think oh my gosh, it's, it's a thing
0: that I like to is uh, dreaming. So give myself a dreamy background. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, it's perfect. <laughs> Well, I'm so glad to have you. have got um Erica's hopping on to join us, and I see Josie and Alicia. Oh, this is this is a hot one. So I know like we've been so excited to yes. talk dreams with you. Ooh, <laughs> so <yes>. Welcome, everyone <laughs> is coming to say hi. Hi, hello, hello. hello. Um, I'm gonna just introduce our guest here. Give me a minute to pull up your stuff. Okay, so welcome. Hi. Welcome. Hi, welcome. so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. This is Melissa Grace. Melissa Grace is a dream interpretation Coast coach. Melissa Grace is a dream interpretation coach and intuitive reader. She's been a Jungian oriented dream worker and intuitive reader since 2007 and brings more than 20 years of experience in the healing arts to her work. So, we're super excited to have you. We've been talking dreams pretty much all week here and let's just get started with how did you even get started with this work uh well um
0: i when i was 31 i just decided that i was interested in figuring more out about my dreams and I had gone through a lot of therapy already, but I was going through some particularly rocky relationship stuff. So, and having these wild dreams, and so I found um, a union-oriented therapist to work with. And I walked into her office on the first day, and she asked me. Um, she asked me. She just told me to bring a dream. She didn't ask me anything about my history or anything. She just said, "Bring a dream." So. I did and and one of the aspects of that dream was a a tree and um, she had me imagine myself as the the tree and this amazing feeling came over me and I just just felt so solid and grounded immediately just imagining myself as this tree as it was in my dream Um, and that was the beginning (laughs) that was the beginning. I, I, I was hooked after that and, and I had other experiences with her where I, um, I had a dream about a really beautiful sunset and I kind of imagined myself in the sunset and I had this full-on sort of experience of non-duality just dwelling in that sunset and so I realized that um, you know maybe more than guided visualizations so though those are powerful that working with my images uh, had a particularly, uh, were particularly potent for me. You know, they had particular power that was just for me. And then working with other people's images uh, over the years, I realized their images are particularly powerful for them. So that's that's how I got started,
1: yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and pop your questions in as we go for sure. And I'm curious for those of us who haven't really encountered Carl Jung since college, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about like what is Jungian? Yeah,
0: yeah. What is union, right? Okay, so um, union, union, psychology or depth psychology is is about making the the unconscious conscious. That is like the focus of the psychology. So, and Jung had um, you know he had a a way of working that, and it's through dreams that we figure that out. It's one of it's one of the main ways we figured that out. Also through synchronicities, but a lot of what we um, a lot of union concept, concepts are actually pretty mainstream now. Like the idea of the shadow and um, the idea of the you know of the of what calls your soul and the um, archetypal ind- imagery like, like the mandala and the self and um, so. Jung had this idea that more than trying to achieve like our our ideals about our life, that experiencing wholeness was really, that's sort of the crux of his work is experiencing wholeness. And that we did that by looking at our unconscious and looking at the shadow and integrating what those pieces of us um, that we're not necessarily aware of in our mind, in our conscious minds, but still live inside of us.
1: Is, yeah. that, is, that, is that good enough? I mean, it's like I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> so well, something that you talk about, even uh, like when you had this psychologist and she said to you, like kind of be the tree, and then you had this non-duality, it reminds me a lot of uh, what something that I've encountered a lot more recently and really and diving with which is mm-hmm. the quantum field mm-hmm. and some of what you're talking about too it's interesting because i do it into i do an intuitive i do intuitive work mm-hmm. and when i do this work these things come up like i it's been so long since i've studied carl jung i'm like i forget <laughs> but but yeah. you know these things that are like the archetypes and uh, mm-hmm. just this this idea you know of not being separate sometimes So it's just so interesting. I just had never really, I don't know, put it together that our dreams are, our dreams are almost like those intuitive reads too. Exactly. Yeah. So um, if you're someone who wants to kind of get to know your dreams better, um, where would one start? (laughs) (laughs) That's really,
0: that's really good. But I wanted to, I want, Can I comment just a little bit on the, on the quantum field? Yeah, by all means, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I really, I think it's true that, you know, because I'm a mystic, and part of why I was drawn to Jungian work is because it gave me an intellectual framework for my mystical experiences. Like, it helped me to understand, like, Jung was a mystic, and, um, Help me yet that yes, the the consciousness is like the quantum field, the arc, these archetypal energies, um, you know, that are things that we can touch and feel, but then we can also become overwhelmed by them sometimes, or these energies. Um, give me an intellectual framework for my mystical experiences. Oh, I'm just hearing myself, I just heard myself there. Okay,
1: all right. Uh, Sorry, no, I made a mistake. <laughs> okay.
0: All right, okay. So, um, so anyway, yes, we, you know, doing intuitive work, you're essentially you are tapping into a lot of times the unconscious and the and archetypal energies and things of that nature. So, okay, to go back to your question about, um,
1: yeah, so about
0: how somebody could start working with their dreams.
1: Yeah, yeah and then I want to start uh, diving into for those who are here um ask your questions I mean this is amazing I think having uh, a dream worker with us and so I start I'm starting to see some questions pop up I know um we're gonna have a few different questions even about (laughs) those who don't dream but my first question is oh well let me ask you this first can you define mystic
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good question I think that's a great question. And I have actually never ever really entertained (laughs) that question before, but I think I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I think for me, a mystic is somebody who um, experiences non-ordinary reality or experiences or is in touch with the unseen um, and understands that there's more beyond the physical body and has a felt experience of it. Like it's not just a belief, but a felt experience of it. Um, And is able to connect with those uh, non-ordinary states of consciousness.
1: Yeah, yeah. Erica says she was told she was a mystic when she was in her twenties. I mean, I think about like the Sufi mystics, like Rumi. To me, they really had a lot of kind of um, quantum field, universal consciousness knowledge. Like they knew, they knew that big picture kind of umbrella, those things greater than ourselves.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's a question of just how you perceive it. You know, I think Jung perceived things, I mean, he had like major shakedown, like psychic break experiences, you know, like he kind of lost it there for a while. And, um, well, there's controversy about whether or not he lost it, but but some people think he did, right? You know, when he was writing the Red Book, which is basically this big, Journal, um, where he was processing his dream, his dream images, and these visions he would have, um, and it, it kind of formed the basis of a psychology. So, anyway, I think through for him it was through his intellect that he processed those things. But sometimes, there, a lot of times, mystics just feel, and you know, they're in touch with, and they feel, and they, you know, they go into an ecstatic state, or um, Without necessarily feeling the need to process it intellectually, but I think um, for those of us in the West, the need to have um for to have a, a container for our mystical experiences is help. It's it's something it, it's helpful for living in our culture. <laughs> yeah, and also for staying connected to body and mind, you know, and having a more cohesive sense of self. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: Well, okay. So I'm going to ask my question and then I want to dive into some of these dreams. So the question is, um, what was the question? <laughs> so if, if someone wanted to begin to perhaps even interpret their own dreams, like mm-hmm. for instance, um, certain dreams that I have that might be recurrent or I'm talking about like for me, for instance, or certain dreams that I know are clearly about an anxiety or mm-hmm. sometimes like uh, certain dreams that might involve like a a past boyfriend, or whatever, any of these things, uh, whatever they may be, how can we begin to perhaps decipher them more for ourselves? Like, do you have any sort of beginners' tips?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, I think one of the foundational theories, you know, of um, union psychology is that a lot of what we dream about is a part of ourselves. Um, you know, this isn't always true. Sometimes. Um, what we, you know, that we, there is actually an external thing we're dreaming about. But you know, when it comes to ex-boyfriends, um, that, or you know, that wild animal that's chasing you, or the the people who are chasing you down the street, or you know, um, that uh, that these can be parts of ourselves. So one way to work with that is to write down what you attribute to, uh, you know, uh, an image, the different, like I would take out the key, like the key things that pop out at you, what pops out at you from, an, from a dream is is important, is yeah. finding the most compelling thing or the most several compelling things and then writing down what those, um, what your associations are with those, those characters or images and then seeing how they relate to each other, you know, like, Mm -hmm. um, okay, you know, like a blanket is something to cover or something. And I see this, you know, my old um, writing teacher from college. And I think of her, when I think of her, I think of somebody who was really enthusiastic about my writing. so. I feel, you know, and then I would like think, how does this character feel under the blanket? Does she feel constricted? Does she feel comforted? If she feels constricted, how, you know, am I keeping my creativity under wraps somehow? Mm
1: -hmm. Or
0: if she feels comforted, is there a way that I'm really attending to my creativity that's really comforting to me right now? So like things of that, does that give you an idea?
1: Yeah, that's great. It's like a really nice way just to kind of get started and see, you know, what's, what's the theme, what's on repeat? How do you feel about that situation? Yeah, mm-hmm. it helps a yeah. lot. Yeah. Okay, so I want to dive in. <laughs> this right. is kind of why we're here. This is like what the juices. So we're gonna start with um, Alicia. She says she has had many dreams over the last couple of weeks where people are telling her that she's fat. She also dreamed that her friend had cancer. Mm. She knew she was dying, the friend was dying because Alicia saw her mother when she looked at her. Does that make sense when I say it that way? So her friend was dying of cancer and she
0: knew she was dying because when she saw her friend, her friend turned into her mother.
1: It was like she saw, yes, and her mother and her mother died of cancer. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: So um, the well, there, there's two things there. So the fat part, I think, I mean, it's always hard to know without actually like interacting with someone because dream work is a very interactive process, but I'll just throw some ideas out there. Mm, yeah. So If you take the idea that the people who are calling you fat are yourself, are there ways that you are giving yourself, you know, negative messages about your body or are behaving, you know, negatively towards yourself in some way. Um, The mother dreaming that your friend has died of cancer, um, you know, that could be many things. Um, If the friend, it's you know, what is the dreamer associates with the friend is really, would be really important in this case. Um, But for instance, um, I mean, if the friend had a mothering sense to her, if she was a particular friend who kind of was a sort of, that mothered her, and there was something happening, you know. So, you could do it in internal or external, that there might be some aspect of herself that is dying and not in a way that she wants it to. Um, or there could be a way that there, her friendship is changing with this person and it feels like something is dying, or she may be afraid of losing this friend in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. or whatever this friend represents to her her, too, you
1: know. Yeah, can I take a step further maybe? Yeah. Uh Okay, trust me, like I'm not, you know, I just, what I'm curious is, and Alicia, if you're here, you know, feel free to like chime in with any of this, of course, because we're talking about your dreams. Um, But I'm wondering, could it also be like, if I have an aspect, if it were me, and Mm -hmm. I had an aspect of myself, that was sort of dying away so mm-hmm. my friend is dying of cancer mm-hmm. and you know and i it's a sense of loss like my mother died of cancer like i see that overlay i see that overlay yes. There's a sense of loss am i losing some part of myself even though it's maybe meant to shift maybe i'm clearing the path in some way like i'm going to mourn the loss of this piece of myself
0: yes absolutely sure that's that also could absolutely happen And an overlay yes absolutely um It could be a good thing you know that would be entirely up to the dreamer and how i mean when i do dream work um that the dreamer owns their images the dreamer is the authority on their images they get to decide what their what their images mean i just offer suggestions
1: Um, yeah for sure for sure of course that makes a ton of sense yeah and so um alicia if you have anything more (laughs) you want to you know comment on that one um, feel free to. Is there anything more you want to say on that one in particular, Melissa? Um, uh, I think I've, I mean,
0: n- no, I think that's probably as much as I can say without really dialoguing
1: with the dreamer herself. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I know this is sort of like a back and forth kind of. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So she is saying, she is, and I know Alicia, so it's easier for me to like oh, find this interpretation. Okay. But she's saying she is releasing old versions of herself. There you go.
0: Well, then that's, that's, that, there you go. Then you, there you, then you have it. But it could be that that feels very scary, you know, because if it brings up her mother dying, it, then that, I mean, we form our personalities in relationship to our mothers. So if she's dreaming, you know, of a friend dying and a mother dying, it could be something that is very deep in her psyche that she's letting go of, like a pattern of relating that originated from her mother that maybe she carried over into her friendship with this person that is dying off or just simply something, you know, I mean, knowing what that is would be up to her.
1: Yeah, and I think even the dream about the purse, the people calling, her fat would probably, I would imagine, in a sense, be in that same category, mm-hmm. like even releasing those old versions and even what you, Alicia, might have said, or if, if it continues at all, you know, mm-hmm. to yourself, mm-hmm. um, Alicia is saying she's accepting that she's gone and she can move on. Her mom walked her dogs. Okay.
0: I'm not sure what the dogs have something, but if she's accepting, she's moved on. That's that's really that's very important. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's really important. I mean, it could be yeah that that dream just carries that sense of surrender and maybe a little longing or something um, mm-hmm. that yeah. comes with letting go. Yeah, you know the feeling of the dream, the feeling of the images is very important. Mm-hmm. You know how a dream feels can give you a really important idea of what it's about. Um, yeah. Sometimes when I, when I do dream work, I ask people what the most important image is for them. And sometimes it's not the image that's important, but they have a feeling that's the most important characteristics of the dream. So yeah. how she feels about this image of the mother and the friend who are dying of cancer is, would be very important.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you, thank you. Okay, we're gonna um, do Josie's. So have uh, these totally in the feels. This is good stuff. Okay, so Josie, I wanna say in her, in her, this is Josie speaking, okay? Otherwise it's confusing for me. I had a dream recently where I was on a motorcycle with a demon-like figure. I can post a photo of him if you like. Big white eyes with sharp, long teeth, a wide smile. I've never had a dream like that before.
0: Hmm. Big white eyes, sharp teeth. Okay, well, that to me sounds like a you know a shadow, what I would call a shadow figure. Um, again, the associations with that would be important, but sometimes when you get these sort of nightmarish um, images that come in, like if she were scared of this, maybe she wasn't scared of it, I'm gonna assume that she was, um, that there it's helpful to bring in um, a spiritual friend to contemplate the figure like something that's strengthening to you whatever that is a resource of some kind um to and and dialogue with the figure it's it's, it can be really interesting what happens when you dialogue and what what i mean by that is going into your imagination sort of read there's a concept called active imagination so you use your imagination to go into a dream and kind of um, suss out some of the characters by talking to them or even reimagining the ending or whatever, whatever, yeah.
1: Well, let's just back up a little bit, okay? So uh, yeah. when you say bring in like a friend, how mm-hmm. do you mean? Do you mean like literally talk to a friend about this or what do you, are you saying like in your own?
0: Mind in your part? own mind, like for instance, there, um, There's a wonderful book uh, called Dreamscaping that's edited by Stanley Kipner, uh, 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 who was a major dream researcher. Um, And there's a story in there in a chapter that I don't know, I can't remember who the author is of that particular chapter. But talks about a woman who had had been seriously abused as a child, and she was having these nightmares that were very, very hard for her to confront. And she was a Christian. and so when she imagined her, you know, herself confronting these scary figures, she remembered Christ. She brought in an image. She imagined Christ standing there with her while she confronted the image. But it doesn't have to be a deity like that. It could be anything. So it's an imagination. You know, to answer your question, it is. I'm talking about imagination.
1: Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. okay. And Josie's saying I wasn't scared. Just more like whoa. Yeah. Um, And then there's a little bit more. Um, She thought it was something related to her mental something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is uh, her her friend, Heather, kind of helping out um, with what that might've been about. So, but yeah, it sounds like she wasn't fully, but I, I like that. I like, even if it wasn't scary, maybe even bringing in like someone who is Yeah. Like, does that feel of like, I got someone on my side here?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would, I'm wondering what's going on in her life. I mean, motorcycles are interesting. Um, yeah. You know, like, is she somebody who, you know, is kind of speedy or has she been running really fast in life and, you know, but it's, um, I would say I would ask her to dialogue with that figure or to see what that figure felt like in her in herself. I mean, there was one time that I was working with a dream and I had this image of a man who came um, who broke into my house and I was terrified. But then I did active imagination and I talked to the figure. I talked to him. And as I was talking to him, he turned into a small little boy who started crying and just wanted to be held. Yeah. And that is when I learned that that my my feelings, my emotions could um, masquerade as invaders or scary figures. So whatever yeah. it is we're trying to control or, or separate from, it can come back in our dreams in a in a scary way or in a way that's like, you know, um, not very appealing to us.
1: <laughs> yeah she's saying too um that this figure looked like a character from a spider-man movie and when she looked up that character's personality traits it said mentally unstable uh, okay <laughs> all right so then i would ask her
0: is there a way like that she you know, that she's trying to not feel mentally unstable right now? If she's like trying really hard to cope, is she really scared of the idea of mental instability? Mm-hmm. What is the what are her associations of mental instability in her family? Yeah. Um, where there are mentally unstable people in her family and Um, is this somehow a a representation of, of her family of origin and some kind of need to confront it? Or, you know, there are multiple things to do you know, to say, but I would say if it were my dream, I'd be like, I would wonder, oh, okay, I'm really, I'm trying, I'm really scared of feeling mentally unstable. And how is me trying to control my emotions actually
1: backfiring on me? She has schizophrenics in her family, just saying. (laughs) okay well then that that dream
0: that figure actually could take on you know you could go very deep with it um like that her associations with those people and her family you know
1: yeah and i just want to mention too just because um you said this earlier and it's coming to mind right now as you were talking uh especially about young and just this idea of because you talked about maybe him I don't know, going a bit crazy or mentally unstable or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I was thinking about how, when we get into these like psychic kind of realms or intuitive realms, Mm -hmm. I think some of what comes through and some of what we even want to do to shift our energy to like the modern quote unquote normal world, Mm -hmm. it looks crazy. It Mm -hmm. sounds crazy. And like, for instance, if I were to go out on the beach and I mean, I live in a town where people would probably just keep walking. But if I were to like shout at the ocean, which is like a really great idea, you know, if you're angry, just to go shout at the ocean. Yes. Or if I were to go like dance on the beach, or if I were to just go and like be chanting in Target, like people would be calling the cops, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. I could just be super in tune with what's really good for my frequency, mm-hmm. but it's really not that acceptable. And then at what level does it? I mean, I think we know when it turns into something that isn't stable, it takes like a different tune. But.
0: Well, I I think it it, how much, how in control you feel of your behavior is probably a a barometer of that. Yeah. Um, I think when your unconscious is taking you over, you aren't in control anymore. Um, It's one thing to go into target and start chanting and know full well that you're doing something that other people aren't going to really uh, dig. (laughs) But, (laughs) or you might get some crazy scares and security Mm -hmm. might come and take you away. But, but it's another thing to do that and be completely unaware of the fact that you're, you know, that you're doing something that's not socially acceptable.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, So Josie says she is trying to keep it together COVID world with two small kids and a husband at home. Amen to that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well,
0: there you go. I mean, and that's, like um, Marion Woodman is a is a very famous union analyst who isn't alive anymore, but she has this wonderful um, saying in her book, uh, coming home to myself. And she says that the more we try to be, the more perfectionism has a hold of us, the more we start dreaming of overflowing toilets. Uh, so basically, you know, the more, you know, that that dreams compensate for they they show us what we are not willing to experience. Yeah,
1: um, and they the
0: psyche longs for wholeness. The mm. psyche is not happy with a one sided point of view on anything. It wants us to show. It wants us to see the entire picture.
1: So, yes. Um, oh, yeah. Good question. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, is that why we get triggered by certain people, like? Is it that desire for wholeness?
0: Well, yeah, yes. I mean, there's a famous qu- uh, quote by Jung that um, uh, whatever whatever irritates us in others is a is a is showing us something about ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So yes, okay. yeah. I mean, and that's one of those th- you know that's an example of how like that's kind of um, that idea that people reflect back to us things that we need to look at in ourselves. is something yeah. that has made its way into more kind of uh alternative spirituality you know most people understand that concept yeah um but he really he was one of those people who really first put it out there and i
1: love the, young i did so. not know how much i love young <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: okay um so let's see eric is saying i have a whole map of places that i return to often in her dreams mm. over mm-hmm. many years it's like a world that i love to travel to and one is a literal map. Oh,
0: wow. That is yeah. so interesting. <laughs> cool. Um, wow, psychic mapping, a psychic map.
1: She also uh, is the one who said she was called a mystic, like in her, in her 20s uh, she was called like a mystic. Yeah. She's got, she's, she channels, I mean, she's very, she's yeah. very, she's like a PhD in a lot of psychic type things.
0: <laughs> yeah, like in metaphysics. Um, Well, I think that's really interesting, and it feels kind of shamanic to me, the way that shamans map out different worlds that they, that they, that they travel to. Like Um, as tales, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I, I have encountered more than once people who have, who are so psychically gifted, um, who, who seem to present as shamans when they start to do their dream work, because it, I mean, though, that's a, I know that term is overused and I have friends who are shamanic practitioners who would not like me saying that <laughs> so but but shaman in the sense of um, somebody who is able to perceive multiple dimensions and work with them consciously.
1: yeah that's that's Erica. <laughs> yeah, do, yeah. That I'm telling you Erica, you are come on. <laughs> <laughs> You are, I know you are. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's see. Um, Okay, Abby, I'm curious about the dreams. And hi, Mary Rose, I'm glad you're here. Um, Pop in a dream if you want to, Mary Rose. Okay, Abby, I'm curious about the dreams where my luggage gets messed up during travel. Like Mm -hmm. on another leg of the journey, it's time to change transport and all my stuff is unpacked and I miss it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that to me says, okay, I'm trying to get somewhere psychically, you know, I'm trying to go to another, you know, travel, my consciousness wants to go somewhere else. But there's all this baggage, like emotional baggage, that uh, is unpacked, like I don't really know where it is. So something about something that's stored in my psyche, because baggage is something that is kind of stored, but also portable so we can actually work with it, carry it from one psychic place to another, is not contained, it's just sort of, it's, it's lost. So I don't know, um, I don't know how to access it. I'm having trouble accessing a, some psychic, you know, a, a emotional information, maybe something from my past that I need to get from one
1: place to another. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's a good one probably to, I don't know if you wanna comment anything about that, Abby, but I like that. I like that as a kind of a question to, mm-hmm. to ponder. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather, yeah, you're right, Heather. I did miss that question, so thank you. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask. Uh, so so um, Abby's saying she likes that. She had a normal nature dream last night. It was fun, penguins flying. <laughs> That's great! Penguins flying. Um, Heather is asking why she doesn't dream anymore. So she was saying that she mm-hmm. used to dream a lot, and I'm curious, Heather. Like, Heather's had. If it's, I mean, it's probably It's fine if I share. I know you're kind of an open book, but Heather's had some really great transitions recently, like during COVID. Um, so, at what point did you used to dream, Heather? And then you know, at what point did you, she used to dream a lot. Like, I'm just curious when, when was that? Like, when did you stop dreaming? Was it like, I don't know, around when you got married, when you had Kit, your child, was it like this last year? I'm just curious, you know? Um, But she's asking like why she doesn't dream anymore and she used to a lot.
0: Well, sometimes when we stop dreaming, it's because there's so much going on in our life that for us to work on that we don't, we just, you know, there's no, it's like the material that we need to work on is here and now. Well,
1: that makes complete sense. Yeah,
0: you know, that it's not, you know, (laughs) the unconscious doesn't need to show us anything because we're kind of living out all of our issues and working on them. (laughs) I mean, that's that's one, that could be
1: one reason, Yeah. yeah. She's saying probably after she had her daughter Harper, and Harper is, um, mm-hmm. is Harper. She's six. She's six, right? She used to talk in her sleep all the time. You and me both, Heather. <laughs> yeah, I've told I've told Heather. Um, I I mean, I also used to like walk in my sleep. I would go and take a shower in my sleep in, in high school, thinking it was like daytime. Mm-hmm. Um, so Heather is saying, didn't you say the absence of dreams means something?
0: Um, I, you know, this is the topic I don't know a lot about, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, you know, I don't really think that it does necessarily. I mean, I think when we are, you know, when we're dreaming a lot, it, mean, it can mean we're very psychically open. And... We're psychically open when we have the time and energy to be psychically open, you know, and also when there are really intense experiences, emotional experiences can make us psychically open, transitions of uh, some kinds. I mean, uh, when we're triggered by anything, we can be psychically open. But um, a mom with a kid is probably experiencing um, sleep uh interruptions or not or not sleeping a lot um and i think those affect whether you know how much we remember our dreams um how much we recall our dreams i think it's more of a question of dream recall than actually you know dreaming yeah
1: um, yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah i think that makes a lot of sense like when you first have that baby you're like Pfft. If yeah. I just even get some sleep, I don't even, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. remember much um, other than when I was awake and when I wasn't awake. And I know, you know, Heather is going through some amazing things, which I think is probably a lot of catharsis. So mm-hmm. that makes sense to me doing, oh, she usually sleeps really well. But like, it makes sense to me, you know, if you're doing the work outwardly, that maybe. The dreams are like, oh, we're good. We're gonna take a step back because you're you're literally doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. On. Yeah. And and again, I you know, there's a lot of
0: research on this topic that I am I don't know a lot about. So if you know, I would Google dream recall and why am I not dreaming and see and see what comes yeah. up. And
1: it's good Google. Really, Google. We'll ask a yeah, lot.
0: So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not like a, I'm a total expert on why people don't okay. dream.
1: Yeah, we're just throwing out whatever to you. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, we're gonna ask, I think Annette's next. I apologize if I do skip over your question. I'm not, I'm not trying to, um, but uh, let me know, just like Heather did. Mm-hmm. So um, Annette's asking, I had some wild dreams this week, the coolest one. My friend wanted me to volunteer at a brain mapping research center. They ended up kidnapping my friend because they realized he used more of his subconscious mind than anyone they had studied. I freed him, but he died from brain damage. Oh, my goodness. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> freed what do you to do with that one? That is he, he, so it cool. freed him, but he died from brain
0: damage? Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Brain mapping.
1: That's so, so interesting. It's all about, like, the brain and...
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I would wonder what her associations are with brain mapping and... Um, but the idea that the, that it freed him, but he died from brain damage would make me wonder, I mean, if this were my dream, I would wonder, um, am I overdoing it? Am I overdoing like wanting to, you know, delving into the psychic realms or am I like, um, We're afraid of it. Yeah. Or I mean, that's, that's also possible too. Afraid of it. Yeah, I mean, afraid, afraid of that exploring the subconscious will lead to brain damage. Um, But it's interesting that, you know, this figure this male figure has she thinks has a is a subconscious that's more accessible than any of the uh, any of the subjects so and it's a male. So it makes me wonder, I mean, a part of um, depth psychology is this idea that we all have an anima and an animus, which is the feminine and masculine within us. And and it's interesting because the animus for women can be an intermediary figure that mediates between the consciousness and unconscious. When that means that, so this figure, this male figure is actually kind of doing that because it is sort of a representation of the subconscious. In the dream, um, and it wants to be explored in a way that will both be freeing and not cause damage. So mm-hmm. I would ask, well, how can I explore my subconscious in a way that will not cause me damage? What feels safe to me? Mm-hmm. What feels safe? Mm-hmm. How, you know, how do? How can I make my feel myself feel safe?
1: Yeah. Yeah. When I yeah, see. i come back and maybe I'm, maybe I'm infunding my own experience on this. Well, I'll just, you know, in my experience, when I was first coming into my intuition, I was afraid of it because I knew it was telling me something at the time I didn't want to hear. Yes. Um, so I don't know. I just, uh, that came to mind for me probably like just processing my own experience. Well, yeah, um,
0: no, I, I think that's, um, a really good hit you know that maybe there's something uh that she's afraid will cause damage Uh
1: yeah yeah like i was afraid like well if i know this and i admit this which my intuition is like pounding on me (laughs) yeah then then, you know for me it was like very scary at the time to think of what was out there that i didn't already have like what i had wasn't it wasn't what was meant for me but it felt safe you know it felt safe it felt secure Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um that's really interesting i'm really curious for you annette like what your thoughts are around that just around you know your subconscious or your intuition or something that maybe is being shown to you or like made known to you that perhaps like there's you know some fear around just be curious uh how that might how that might hit yeah she's saying lots of fear yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. then
0: i would ask her like <laughs> you know if she imagined this dream what would what you know what's the first thing that comes to her mind and what will help me feel safe um with
1: that exploration yeah and it might be you know that dream is helping show like like you said you know it's like showing the shadow side it's like okay we don't want to look at this during the day well here you go at night yes (laughs) yes yeah well and it yeah and it's showing
0: it's expressing a fear that you know maybe the conscious mind says i shouldn't be afraid i shouldn't be afraid of exploring my subconscious um i i know it will be freeing but I so why am I afraid? So then the, the shadow comes in and says, actually you are afraid, but there's something. And then it's as a dream worker, it's my job to say, to, to take it to the step of what will help you feel safe in this, you know, um, that that's sort of part of the power of the message of the dream is that you um, sometimes just being aware of that and acknowledging, I am afraid of this exploration is what needs to happen. Just owning it.
1: Yeah. Perfect, thank you. Um, okay, I don't know if I said this one already or not. I don't know if I did. Yeah, she's saying fear of the unknown. Yeah, and yeah. So it's saying fear of the unknown.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah
1: exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm gonna say this, Josie was saying this, she had a dream she was losing everything. She couldn't find her kids, they lost things. She lost her snowboard in the car, it was a disaster. Oh, so yeah, mentally unstable. She was kind of like just reiterating that, that was from, before Mm -hmm. um let's see let me go down here the penguins we talked about that okay mary rose i see you next (laughs) here i have dreams that keep coming one i'm holding a baby but keeps dropping the baby eeks i swear i can hold babies i know you can (laughs) two i would dream a family member dying and i would a few days oh in a few days okay Two, I would dream a family member was dying, and a few days later, a celebrity would. That almost sounds like premonition, you mm-hmm. know? hmm Yeah, that's so that's what I have for Mary Rose. I'm just going to see. Oh, three, I would hear one of my kids saying, Mama. Mm-hmm. I feel like that happens to me, too. I'm like, did they say that? Like, mm-hmm. what is it? I go into them, and like they're just dead asleep. So um, mm-hmm. that's what I see for Mary Rose right now, yeah.
0: Well, the holding the baby but dropping it. I mean, babies can, you know, represent a lot of different things. They can represent new beginnings or something that's in its in infant form, and a fear that we're gonna drop it. You know, kind of like a really intense version of dropping the ball. <laughs> but um, uh, it can be our own vulnerabilities and our fear that we can't take care of them. You know, that we can't take care of our inner infants um but yeah so
1: then just just, I'm sorry not to interrupt (laughs) just with that with knowing her I would I would imagine go let's go if you were to go further with that first one Mm -hmm. what more would you say about that first one you said about the the new beginnings
0: or something that's new that we are afraid that we are afraid that we won't be able to take responsibility for well I mean some of that some of that can be like you know Maybe we aren't making enough time for the new beginning and we are actually dropping the baby. Or maybe um, there are circumstances that aren't allowing us to really develop something that we want to develop in our lives. Um, uh, And we need to a reassurance that we can hold it. Yeah, we can. I mean, holding something psychically is like saying, I can, I can handle this. Mm -hmm. I can, I can contain my experience. So Um, if
1: you were having that dream, is there anything you could do? Like, could you do something like, I don't know, not that you could make yourself dream it, but could you do anything where you were holding the baby, like, around, let's say it's around oh, a, decision, absolutely. Like you have to, a decision you have to make. And that baby is a decision, for instance, or the baby is like the new gifts that are becoming known to the world. Like, yeah, is there, are there things you could do where you are like seeing yourself holding that baby?
0: Absolutely. That's a wonderful way to work with active um, active imagination is to reimagine a different outcome. Yeah. And in doing that, that that can be, you know, that's a way of honoring the dream that Helps us feel, you know, res- it can be a very simple way of resolving something. I mean, that's how I work with kids' dreams sometimes, you know, that they they just respond to that, that reimagine it, and you you defeat the monster, and you know, with your magic wand, and all is good, and you know, kids kids, you do that, and they're just like great, you know. But there's a part of us that's like that too, that if we just reimagine it, um in the way that feels better, it can help us resolve what, uh, you know, without even really having to think it through, you know, whatever whatever it's about.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's so great. Um, I don't see any more questions right now. Again, if I miss somebody's, um, Mary Rose says she loves that clarity. Thank you. Um, If you, if I missed a question, let me know, or if you have another one, Um, this is amazing. (laughs) <laughs> it, Dreamwork is
0: can be pretty can be pretty wonderful. Um, uh, we go for the aha moments, you know, we go for that sense of wow, this is amazing, or that sense, because to me that's when we're really tapping into consciousness, when we're really um, you know, there are those insights that come through. It just there's a way that just by doing dream work itself, we're opening up to um. The Self, the capital S, you know, like the divine um,
1: yeah. I'm just really curious, um, like if our kids are having a, like a nightmare, um, mm-hmm. do you have any recommendations to help them like my, like for instance, my daughter doesn't seem to, but my son occasionally who says he'll wake he'll wake up, he'll call for me, and he 's like, "Oh, I had a bad dream, so i 'll just go next to him, rub his back in and then back to sleep, he' goes back to sleep really easily, but just curious like what you might suggest to help them.
0: Um, well, I mean, I don't professionally work with children, but I have nieces and nephews, and um, that I, you know, dr- dreams are so su- have such. I mean, kids have such porous beings that if if you help them um, reimagine the dream, you know, for instance, um, you know, I I remember one time my niece had a dream where some figure was uh, menacing, you know, a monster came and I, and I asked her, you know, like, well, what do you think would be, um, a powerful thing that would make the monster go away? I mean, what if you had like a magic wand or something? She's like, oh yeah, I have the magic wand and it's like, well, what would you do with it? She's like, well, I just zap it. And I'm like, then what happens? It's like, it disappears. Like, great. How do you feel now? I'm not scared anymore. Great. So that it's like very simple things like that. Um, I think uh, in all dream work, it's, you know, in a dream with, with, with kids, you want to ask questions. There's a really wonderful book about working with kids' dreams called Dream Guider, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's kind of like allowing the kids to to unfold the dream imagery themselves, um, but helping them realize that they have the power, that they have the power in that, you know, that they can access something if they imagine it. It's like that bringing in that spiritual friend, like, yeah what kind of superpower would you need to fight this being? Can you imagine having that superpower? Yeah. Um, Can you imagine keeping yourself from, what would you have to do to fall off the ledge? I mean, to keep yourself from falling off the ledge or what if you imagined you had wings and when you fell off the ledge, you flew instead. How does that feel? You know, things like that, like using your creativity and their creativity to um, imagine a a different outcome.
1: It's really empowering, yeah. Yeah. Okay, do you have time for two more? hmm okay um we can keep you on here all night <laughs> um, <laughs> well I promise, I can do <laughs> this all night we'll do so <laughs> like two more and then we'll okay uh, <laughs> yeah. otherwise this podcast will be like five thousand hours long <laughs> <laughs> we'll never sleep again <laughs> we'll just keep talking about this stuff okay so um got two more one is uh, my niece had a bad dream she's 18 and kind of sick she said she woke up bawling and didn't have any idea why
0: Hmm. Well, sometimes, you know, the, the purpose of the dream is the emotional uh, is the, is the emotional experience we have when we wake up from it. Sometimes like if we're suppressing grief or sadness or loss that we won't remember the dream, we'll just wake up crying. And that's the point of it. Um, Yeah. yeah. And if, especially if she's going through a hardship, uh, like she's sick, she's dealing with an illness, there's probably grief that accompanies um you know going through that kind of difficulty especially at her age
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely it's like just allowing for that emotional release it, even yeah. you know saying she's kind of sick maybe it's like an emotional release it's going to be really helpful
0: yeah exactly exactly um
1: yeah. okay so um the next one i dreamt i was climbing a net i dreamt i was climbing a huge long staircase outside There were a lot of people climbing an Indian man was standing in the middle of the staircase facing out he started talking to me very friendly and I thought is he interested in me and then I realized he was waiting for someone looking out waiting for them to climb the stairs so I continued climbing the stairs at the top I wondered if I would ever date again
0: at the top you wondered if you would ever date again wow well that's really interesting. I would need to know what her associations are with India, with that Indian man. How it felt to her and Indian men in general. Um, that, but in general, going up staircases are it's like ascending in consciousness, like um, you know, moving forward, going to you know, uh, growing, basically growing, you know, in our consciousness and this man, I mean, I would see that as an inner figure, an inner animus figure. Um, and he's being really friendly to her. So, you know, I would kind of wonder what he wanted, but um, I, my intuitive sense of that dream is, am I afraid of what will happen if I totally let go and just trust in God? Um, If I will always be alone or I won't, um, isn't as important as can I trust myself to feel good, you know, to feel safe and good inside myself? Um, That, I mean, that's just a totally intuitive feeling about that dream. That doesn't, that was not analyzed at all. (laughs) But, I again, it's, it's like that, that idea that the animus figure mediates between the conscious and the unconscious. And here he is standing in the middle of what, if the bottom of the staircase is the unconscious and the top is the conscious, it's like he's, and also the transcendent, what's called the transcendent function. The transcendent function is our capacity to transcend, to connect to spiritual, the spirit world, and to, to our spirituality and make it conscious and embody it. So if this staircase is going up to a, a transcendent realm, I mean, maybe there's a way that um, she's, you know, wondering, you know, can I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of have to work with her, but can, like, can I touch God and still be available? Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, to uh, how, you know, to the to the earthly world or am I, um, I'd be wondering how am I unavailable to myself? If I'm wondering if I'm never gonna, if I'm ever gonna date again, I would, would be wondering um, am I somehow cutting myself off from something that I want
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: or am I Yeah, that's one of those that would take more.
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, that's really good. I think you probably have given some really, really, really good food for thought that I would imagine Annette, you can take that (laughs) and kind of run with some of that. Um, Okay, I'm gonna ask. Oh, interesting, real quick. So Annette's wondering if she should be a chaplain. Oh, well, see, okay, well,
0: then that makes it totally different. So, okay. So then that would, I would say, I would wonder, if that were me, like, I would wonder if I, I mean, depending on what, if I'm gonna be a chaplain, how available to intimacy I'll be. With yeah. not only men, men, outer men, I'm assuming she's um, heterosexual, Yeah. that also um, my inner male. Like, because sometimes when we follow a spiritual path, um, that, you know we we stop being uh, act being able to access different parts of ourselves that we think are not godly or holy or somehow not okay on the spiritual path
1: yeah and she is going through a divorce
0: okay so there's that okay so that makes a total ton of sense yeah
1: yeah because then if she is going through a
0: divorce then and she associates like if somehow becoming a chaplain Is a way of it's her path forward, but she associates that path with being single because it's something that she's doing as a result of getting a divorce. It's like how she's expressing her freedom after the divorce. Then the chap being a chaplain would be connected to not, you know, not finding intimacy again. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I would be careful if that were me to make sure that I wasn't trying to escape into spirituality as a way of not being available to intimacy anymore.
1: Hmm, yeah. Or perhaps even doing that that inner work that you mentioned where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm good with me, now I'm looking for what I want. Like yeah. I, I can be intimate if I choose to. It's like, well what how am I feeling inside and then what do I want? So yeah. Yeah. I mean like dating, <laughs> we all know dating's got its own its own thing going on. So
0: yes definitely dating has it's, it's own
1: exciting thing. and it's all the yes. things it's all yes things. it is it all is the things.
0: it's all the things it really yes. is boy this one way to learn a lot about yourself is <laughs> through dating and relationships in general <laughs>
1: yes, definitely okay i'm really glad you asked that in that thank you okay um i missed one of alicia's so i'm gonna ask that um she's saying this reminds so it is saying that reminds me that I have a giant home that I travel to. It has antique furniture and is surrounded by water. Sometimes there's sharks in the water. I also have to rearrange the furniture and there's always a cl- closet full of clothes and diet meals. LOL, I have so much fun moving the furniture. I love dreams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> diet meals, she said, that's so interesting. Okay, well,
1: she, did, she did lose a bunch of weight. Okay. So- so like healthy meals. oh uh, Yeah, I think so. Or,
0: yeah, well, homes are, are, are us, they're like our psyches. So a big home is like our big psyche, you know, our, our psyche that we're exploring, but it's surrounded by sharks. So that feels protective to me, like, like protecting her, like a self self protective and it's like her place that she gets to go to if she likes antiques, you know, I think are the antique something that she likes. Does that feel good to her. Um, I mean, if someone else, you know, sometimes in some dream that an antique could mean something from the past. Uh, maybe even from like a past life or something, but this feels like she likes antiques and the closets are full of clothes. It's kind of like a really great sort of self-discovery dream. Like I'm comfortable with myself. She's um, had this
1: experience my was home. home. Yeah.
0: Like my, I have a
1: home inside of myself, and this is the image of it. Um, yeah. She's had it since she was in her twenties. The house always has a new addition. And she says, not really. I think about the antiques, like liking the antiques she doesn't
0: like them or she or she
1: I, I don't think she likes the antiques I think oh, that she really doesn't means. like
0: them. okay well then that would mean to me if she doesn't like the antiques then and she's had this since her, her 20s and there's always a new addition so there is always a new addition to ourselves you know there is always like something new to explore in ourselves but if the antiques are from the past or like some part of ourselves that's from the past that is antiquated that is something that no longer serves us, but she's moving around the furniture. So it's kind of like, she's working with that energy, exploring it, trying to figure out how do I, how do I, you know, uh, integrate this, whatever this is from my past into who I currently am. Um,
1: yeah. Until she said, no, I make it work. She makes it work. Like, I don't know. I got a little lost oh, <laughs> with the delay okay. of what that means. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean Alicia you'll have to let us know what your thoughts are on that. Um, yeah, I like it. I like how you know it's just such it's so great to have that knowledge of like oh, the house is, is me. Oh the furniture she makes the furniture work. <laughs> yeah, well that's interesting that's you know interesting like if, if
0: those antiquated those are and like parts of herself from her past like, she's finding some way to integrate her past into her present. Yeah.
1: She says it makes total sense.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Well, I just want to thank you so much for (laughs) sharing like just such depth. I feel like we got to go. It just, it really, to me, it just feels like, I don't know, like going for like the best run or like the best meditation or um, the best whatever <laughs> to, to, to go deep like this. I, it just feels amazing. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You're getting lots of thanks here. Um, you know, I know there's different ways to get in touch with you and you have um, like a free, I don't know, something you're offering everyone. Yeah, yeah, you know, so
0: um, I- the first three people who contact me, I'll give them a free half hour session and um, you can write me at thenightisyoung@gmail.com. At um, that's the night is young, J-U-N-G, uh, or go to my website thenightisyoung.com and just fill out the contact form. Um, can also I have a Facebook page, The Night Is Young. I have the Night Is Young Dream Discussion Group where, if you join that group, you can just discuss your dreams just the way that we are now, and there's lots of people there to weigh in besides me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, my Instagram page is the night is young dream guide. uh, And you can DM me there too. So,
1: yeah, well, thank you. That's such a really generous offer. Those free offers. And uh, I will have you post that in our group after this. So we can just remember I put your, um, your Gmail in the comments here, but that way we'll just have, Oh, we have 108 comments. I kind of went away a nice number. sacred number 108 is a sacred number so yeah i know right i I noticed it was an 88 and then the 108 Uh, so yeah thank you so much is there anything like any tidbit just for us as we continue to explore our own dream world just to to have us go off into the night with um i would say just be just be open be open
0: to what your dreams have to set to be open to having dreams and to be open to what your dreams have to share with you and don't dismiss your dreams even the smallest dream can have something really important to to offer you um
1: yeah Yeah. that's really lovely i love that thank you i feel like i'm going to start to pay attention more to mine too even like like you i'm glad you mentioned that even like the seemingly small ones are the ones that just seem less significant
0: yeah yeah yeah, that they still and the, the when you pay more attention to your dreams you start They start arriving more. I mean, more dreams will arrive as you pay attention to them because it's almost like the unconscious says, oh, someone's paying attention to me. I think I'll just keep, you know, start sending more messages. So don't be surprised if when you start doing dream work, that happens.
1: Just like intuition. Exactly like intuition.
0: Exactly. You get more intuitive hits as you, as you, you know, as you uh, tap in.
1: Exactly. Thank you so much. We
0: adore you. We're so glad you've been here with us. Really. Well, this is wonderful. This is definitely this is fantastic. I absolutely loved it. So thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. We don't have to go yet. Have to see to take us off of.